light me up. That was, that's a good way to introduce my message today. If you want to follow along, go to our website, rmfchurch.org, click on media, the notes, you'll see bright like the sun, bright like the sun. I know Christmas is an awesome time of the year, and uh, just curious, how many people uh, have lights outside on, outside on their house? I have lights. You can see my house from the space station. I really like lights, and uh, because I believe, you know, it's, uh, it just shows to me that Jesus came 2,000 years ago to be the light of the world, and so I am so thankful about that. He came not to, aren't you thankful that Jesus came not to give us more rules and regulations, but he came to let us know that our relationship with God is all about Jesus and not about keeping rules and regulations, but about restoration, restoration of relationship. And so today we're just going to talk about the most simple thing that Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 8 verse 12 says this, <coughs> the more Jesus addressed the crowd, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in darkness, but will have the light, which is life. Light is life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, but he is also the light. In John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Light causes us to be able to see. It causes us to see true reality. If there is no light in here, if there is no light in your home, you wouldn't be able to see properly. And you really wouldn't know what is really out there. You wouldn't know what is out there. For God himself is the light, and in him there is no darkness. First John 1 John 1.5 this is a message which we've heard and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So light, truth, those are synonymous terms. And uh, not only is Jesus the truth, but he is the light. He is the light of the world. He wants you to see some things that before Jesus, mankind never did see. And I don't know about you, the more that I serve God, the more that I follow after God, the more that I see, the more that I understand. In John 18, 37, Jesus came to bring us the truth. When he was getting ready to be crucified, he said to Pilate, oh, so then you are a king? You are, right? Jesus said, I was born a king, and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Jesus said, I came to show everybody the truth. Before Jesus, everybody thought they knew the truth about God. But he said, nobody knows the Father like me. All of the disciples, all of the prophets before him, nobody knew God correctly. And I don't know about you, but even today, there's many of us who still are on a journey trying to learn and know about God correctly. So I have an illustration here. I'm going to have uh, somebody who volunteered, Chad. 
He's on the worship team, so I can volunteer him. All right, Chad. I'm going to blindfold you. Anybody got any darts? No. No, I'm sorry. That's not part of the illustration. But it would be exciting. Is it good? Yeah. Can you see me? No. Okay. Just checking. Don't make me laugh. As far as God is concerned, there's not a separation between God and and man. There's just a blind issue. The light is shining bright out here, but Chad cannot see the light. He cannot see. Not only can he not see the light, but he can't see things that are out here, which means if, you know, in light there's sometimes ups and downs and things that happen and confusion, and it makes you kind of not know which way to go. And because he's blind, life could be pretty tough. Life could be rough. You know why? Because there's obstacles. Can you see, can you see the pulpit? No? No. So if I said, um, walk toward the pulpit, which, which way would you walk? Okay, we're done with that illustration. I don't want to get poked in the eye. But uh, the point is this. When you don't know God, even when you give your life to God, you really come to God in this situation. Not knowing God, you don't see the truth, you don't know the truth, and you don't see the light. But this is the good news. This is the mercy of God. Even when you and I don't have the truth as far as knowing the truth, Christ Christ is inside of him. But he really doesn't know who Christ is when he he starts following God. He doesn't know who Jesus is. But Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And this is the good news. He has the light and the truth inside of him. So God says, the Holy Ghost is going to come inside of you, and he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He will even show you things to come. So even though he can't see the obstacles in life, he will always be able to rely and trust upon God. Okay, we're going to turn right, right here, and I'm going to get you to the pulpit. You just come here. Okay, we're going to turn to the right again, and then just reach out. You'll see the pulpit. There you go. That's the pulpit. The more truth that he hears, the more truth that he hears, the more the blindness comes off. All right? So now, he still doesn't see everything perfectly, but he's been coming to Rocky Mountain Family Church. So he starts hearing some good things about God. He starts hearing that God wants you well, that God is a good father, that God not only wants your needs met, but he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll make you above and not beneath. He'll cause you to be the head and not the tail. Whatever you set your hand to shall surely prosper. Oh, he's hearing all of the good news. And so he doesn't see totally clearly, but he sees more of the light and more of the truth. So now can you see a little bit better? Not total clearly. A little light, a little bit better. So he keeps getting his mind renewed, and he keeps hearing the good news. 
And because he keeps hearing the good news, let's do it this way. He can even see a little bit better. This is like a mandana. All right, can you see a little bit better now? All right, but it's still not totally clear. Can you see where the pulpit is on your own now? Just a little bit better. I should have got somebody who was 20-20 vision. But anyway, <laughs> this is the thing. Light is always, has the light changed? Even though it appears to change for him. Listen to me now. Don't walk or move. The light has never changed out here. The brightness of the light has never changed. But according to him, it has. But the reality is that it never has changed. It's just as bright. Healing is here. So let's just talk for 30 seconds about what is in the light. Jesus is the light of the world. So inside of Jesus is healing. There's provision. The fruit of the Spirit. Peace. Joy. Faith. Kindness. Patience. This Christmas season, we'll say it one more time. Patience and kindness is always out here 24 7. That's why 1 Peter 2 24 says, you know, that by his stripes you were healed, not you're going to be healed. What his perception is, though, that the light is changing. But is it? No, nothing's changed out here. But his perception has changed. And so he keeps hearing of the good news. He keeps hearing the truth. And as he's hearing, his perception starts to change. I know, I couldn't get anything but a pink one. Next party. Anyway, so now can you see a little bit more? He can see a little bit more. Can you see Bruce's head? No. No? <laughs> Almost. If it were for the lights, maybe. Oh, you could? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I can see right. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's Bruce's shiny head. But uh, anyway, <laughs> he starts to see more when truth, he starts embracing the truth more. He starts to see, listen to me, he starts to see a true reality of who God is, the goodness of God. Amen? Yeah. All right, let's give Chad a big hand. Walking fully in the light would mean perceiving and living in a world exactly the same way Jesus saw and lived in the world. Did you hear that? Walking fully in the light. Walking like Jesus. And that's the ultimate goal. God is never separated. Even when you don't feel like God is there. And I hear Christians say this, and sometimes you and I have this perception that, where are you, God? He's there holding you, embracing you, living inside of you. But this is the problem. You have the black blindfold on and you're not seeing properly. So people say, man, I don't, I don't see God. I don't see how God is. Well, he's here. The light has never left. The light is never. There's a scripture that I used to preach on about when we get to heaven. But I have got a little bit different take on that now. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. It says, for now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. 
My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. I always thought that, and I still think there's part of the scripture means that when we get to heaven, we're going to know ourselves fully like Jesus knows us. But I also believe the more blindness that you take off of your eyes, the more that you will see yourself truly who you are. God wants you to see yourself and understand yourself and your perception of yourself to be the same as he sees you. Because we see ourselves and we think of ourselves as maybe messing up, living as, as a sinner, not being kind, Christmas, bah humbug. And we don't see correctly. Anytime you have those kind, listen to me now, anytime you have a negative insight about yourself, you can rest assured that there is blindness on your eyes. You don't see right. And let's just be honest. None of us see properly. None of us see properly. Jesus is in the light, and he sees you in the light, 100% in the light, glowing in the light. Then he turns around, and he says this. He says this to you and me. Walk in the light. Walk in the light as I am in the light. I am the light. And then he turns around, and he says this. You are the light of the world. You think, how in the world is that happening? What does that mean? It means this. The more you and I embrace the light, which also means truth, the more that you embrace the truth, of who Jesus is, and you start to rethink God, that he is a good father, and that his whole life for you is one of goodness, the more that we start embracing that truth, the blindfolds start coming off by layers, and you start to see things differently. You start to see God differently. And the great thing is, the more that you see him in the light, he turns right around and says, you are a reflection of me, therefore you are the light as I am the light. That's the greatest testimony that you and I can have. I'm all for preaching the gospel, obviously. I'm all for telling people uh, 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 and being a witness. But the greatest witness that you and I have, no matter what we're doing on this planet, that is letting the light just shine through us. Letting the light shine through us. People will recognize you. Jesus never did go and just shove the gospel down people's throat. The story of him uh, showing up at Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus, for those who don't know, he was a tax collector. Tax collectors were cheats, thieves, and just the meanest. They were the meanest snakes on earth. And so Zacchaeus is watching Jesus. He's walking down the street, and Jesus looks up in the tree. Zacchaeus is climbing up the tree to see. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to go have lunch with you today. I'm going to try to do that sometime. Come to your house to have lunch. Invite yourself to have lunch. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. But Jesus sits there and he does that. And he shows up at Zacchaeus' house and he does not say one negative thing about Zacchaeus. Pretty sure Jesus knew that he was a cheat, thief. He mistreated people. Yet Jesus does not say one thing negative or bring up one sin 
that he knows Zacchaeus is living. He just shows up. And what happens to Zacchaeus? What happens to him? Light showed up in a room full of darkness and full of blindness. He didn't know God, but all of a sudden he embraces the love that he's sensing. And when he embraces the love that he is sensing, the light starts to dawn on him. And he sits there and he starts saying, if I've wronged any man, I'll make it right. Matter of fact, I'll pay them back four times. I'll make sure I'll pay them back more than what I've stole for them. Jesus turns around to him and says, salvation has showed up. You have embraced salvation today. Let me say this. The light, it was always there. Zacchaeus had some blindness taken off of him that he realized the truth of who he really was. He realized that I am not a thief. I am not a cheat. So I'm going to respond in like manner to show myself who I truly am. Did you hear that? Because you and I are even blinded to who we really are. Because as long as you're blinded to who he is, you're going to be blinded to who you really are. I'm going to say it again. That was worth coming to church for. As long as we are blinded and we don't see God as he truly is, you are not going to truly see who you are. And you will think and perceive whatever the world tells you or however you think about yourself, that's who you think you are. But you have to know that there's blindfolds on you. You're blinded. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all. Let me just say this. The more that you walk in the light and the truth and embrace this, it's going to be a lot easier walking with everybody else. It's going to be easier walking with people. The ones, you know, you know, the ones who are like thorns in your flesh, bamboo underneath your fingernails. You want me to keep going? You know, the ones that are just really a pain in the neck. Neck, I said. Pain in the neck. Just all these people that, he says, if you start seeing the light clearly and correctly, life becomes sweeter, even with people who you're walking with. Just say it this way. If somebody's totally blind and the sun is shining bright at noonday, does that person walking in blindness diminish or cause the sun not to shine as bright? Has nothing to do with it. But as far as the blind person, the sun is not shining. As far as the blind person, he, he does not understand, comprehend the light whatsoever. He said, Jesus said this, is that the darkness cannot comprehend or diminish the brightness of the light. So just because people or religion may be saying that God doesn't heal or that God won't provide for you or God's not, he's mad at you or, or God is fill in the blank. Even though people are, may respond like that, they are in darkness and they're not comprehending the light or the true God. I don't know about you, but all of us have some kind of little religious legalism inside of us because we still have blindfolds on that are still there. And one day, 
They'll start coming off layer by layer by layer. But I don't believe it was God's intention to wait till we get to heaven to reveal who you really are. I'm going to say it again. I don't believe God intended for you and me to wait till we get to heaven to reveal who you truly are in Christ Jesus and that Christ is inside of you. As you're walking in the light, he says, you become the light. You are the light and you will be the light of the world. We have to be willing to let go of some of our perceptions. Lean not into your own understanding, the Bible says. And it's hard to do that. We lean upon our own understanding because you know you better than anybody knows you except for God. But the way that you know you is through the blindfolds. And God is saying this, true reality is in the light. That's what true reality is. Our reality and our perception is looking through the blindfolds. Chad could only see a little bit, and so that's his perception of reality. The more truth that you see, the more light you see, your perception changes. This is the goal of the church, is to hear the gospel, to continually change your perception, but in reality, take the blindfolds off layer by layer so you can see not only the real Jesus, the real Father, but the real you, the real you. Because as long as you think that God is not happy with you or pleased with you, you'll not be able to walk in health and healing. You'll not be able to walk in getting your needs met. You'll just be going through life, struggling, working yourself into a frazzle, and thinking life is all about you, and you have to just work harder and try harder. John chapter 1, verse 18. This is a mirror translation. I don't know if you ever heard this, but this is good. Until this moment, God remained invisible to man. Or you could say this, God was blindfolded. I mean, man was blindfolded to God. Man was blindfolded to God. Now, the authentic begotten, the blueprint of man's design, who represents the innermost being of God, the son who is in the bosom of the father, brings him into full view. He is the official authority qualified to announce God. He is our guide who accurately declares and interprets the invisible God in us. This is why Jesus came, to take the blindness off of you, to show you what God was all about. Jesus said this, before me, nobody knew who God was. Now, there was prophets and and kings and priests that were trying to interpret God the best they knew how in the old covenant. And some of them, you may say, they really knew God. Jesus comes on the scene and says, no, they didn't. If you want to see what God is like, look at me. If you really want to know who the Father is like, look at me. So we humans, we have the amazing ability to totally black out and not even notice anything that we don't already have a mental grid for. You know what I mean? Have you ever bought a new car? All of a sudden, everybody bought the same car that you bought. I remember three years ago, I've never uh, had an F-150 when I bought my F-150 three years ago. I thought, holy cow, everybody in Pueblo bought an F-150. I I started seeing them everywhere. Have you ever done that? You bought, not buy an F-150, but whatever you drive, a Toyota, Cadillac, or Buick, or whatever. All of a sudden, when you buy it, you start noticing those vehicles, don't you? Do you? 
Is it just me or is that? I just want to make sure. Testing, testing. Do you see all, the, you, all of a sudden you start noticing everybody's got, wow, I didn't know everybody likes the same car that I have. Why is that? They, the, the cars were there all the time. The trucks were there all the time. It was your perception. Once you embraced something and had something, you started seeing it more out there. The more you embrace the truth of who God is, embrace it in here, the more it becomes manifested out here. And you think, wow, God is so good. He was good always. Oh, I received healing. I got a hold of healing. Healing was always there. See, when Jesus came, he was not to tell people, you need to work to try to become like God. He came to show you that God is inside of you. Christianity is not about trying to become something. Say it again. Christianity, our walk with God, is not trying to become something. I was raised in church all my life. We were trying to become holy. We were trying to become righteous. We were trying to become, you know, a good person. We were trying just to become, you know, when I was a kid, I just, I just was becoming. <laughs> Went right over your head. Anyway, you just try to become. Why? Because you know you were nothing, and so you wanted to be something, so you just want to become anything. And so people's walk with God is always, tr- it's like the, the, the donkey with the stick on its neck and the, the carrot at the end. You think, if I just run faster, I'll be able to catch it. You'll never catch it. Newsflash, you'll never become holy like you think you can. You'll never be able to work to become holy. You'll never be able to, to work to become righteous. You'll never be able to work and be good enough to receive healing. But when you embrace the truth, the light shines and you realize, I've had it all along. It's just like buying a vehicle and all of a sudden you start seeing them. Those vehicles were always there. Those vehicles are always there. They didn't go the same day that you bought yours and all of a sudden, wow, there's 150 uh, Toyota Prius, uh, Camrys. Didn't know how to say the other one. There's 250 Camrys now in Pueblo West. I didn't know that. No, they were there. They didn't go out the same day and buy the same day you did. They were always there. And just like the blind man, when he starts, the blindfolds start taking off, he starts seeing things as if it just showed up. But it was always there. First Peter 2, 24. By his stripes you were, which means... That it was always taken care of. It's a done deal. But we embrace it when the blindfold comes out that God provided healing for me now. No, he didn't. He provided it 2,000 years ago. All provision. He says it this way. I've provided all things that pertain to life and to godliness. I've provided everything. And not only have I provided it, I've given it to you and it's inside of you. But we don't understand it because we have the blindness folds on. But little by little, you hear the truth, and the more that you embrace the truth, there's some people that will never embrace it. No, I don't believe that. The blindfold stays on. I don't believe God wants me well. The blindfold stays on. I don't believe God wants me, you know, to, to have anything in life. 
I don't believe he wants me to prosper. I don't believe that. The blindfold that stayed on. We also tend to look for agreement on what we already believe instead of embracing something different and learning something new. The grace message, I've, I've always thought I was, yeah, I believe in grace. But then when I heard it preach, I go, that's, no, I don't believe that. Guess what? The blindfold stayed on. Until one day, the Spirit of God in my heart said, when I said something about Andrew Womack, I said, well, he's wrong, and he's messed up in this and this. And the Lord said, he's right, you're wrong. That's all I heard in my heart. Kind of rude. No, it was, but that's what I heard. He's right, you're wrong. And when I agreed what God said about me being wrong, the blindfold came off. And all of a sudden, when I read scriptures that I read all of my life, I was raised in church. A scripture that I read all of my life, all of a sudden, I saw something that I never have seen before. And the reason is, you can't even read the Bible correctly with a blindfold on. It will not appear right. I know what the Bible says. You realize the Pharisees and Sadducees were the most perfectionists when it came to the word of God. And those people who knew the word sit there and told, you know, the blind man uh, who Jesus gave sight. He said, it's Jesus that, that made me. And they said, listen, I don't know how you saw your sight, but this man, Jesus, he doesn't even know God. These are people who know the word. I'm going to say it again. The Pharisees and Sadducees are people who said they knew the word, and they were the exact same ones who said, this man, Jesus, does not know God. Can you imagine anybody saying that about Jesus? You know, you can say a lot of things about Jesus, but say, I don't believe Jesus knows God. That wouldn't be one of the things I would say. But that's what they said. And they were... Word people. The point is this. As long as you've got blindness on, blindfolds on, you'll never see the word right. You'll never see the character of God. You may be able to quote the word. Listen to me. This set me free. You may be able to quote the word and know what the Bible says, but if you don't know the true nature of God, the blindness foes that you have on will cause you to misinterpret it every single time. Man. To the degree we receive this light is the degree that you're going to be made free. That's going to be the degree. Renewing your mind is going to help you that. John 8.32 says this. John 8.32 says, if, For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. So the more freedom and truth that I embrace, all of a sudden a blindfold call, comes off, and it causes me to live in more freedom. But I'm going to tell you something. Freedom has always been there 100%. It's always been there. It's just when you take the blindfold off that you get to enjoy the freedom that was always there. That's why, you know, you got to be careful. He says, well, I'm just waiting for a, the, the next revival. I'm waiting for the next move of God. you got a blindfold on. You want to see the next move of God? Start getting other people to take blindfolds off, and you'll see that God has been moving. The light's never changed, honey. 
The goodness of God has always been here. The power of God is not going to come down again. Jesus is not going to come again. He gave it all 2,000 years ago. And then he turns around and he says, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that is in you. It's in you right now. You have the power of God in you. You have all the healing you're ever going to need in you. You've got all the patience, all the kindness and the goodness and all the faith. Everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness is in you and me. But we are blinded to it because of the blindfold. Darkness alienates us from the light of God. But it's not more powerful. You go into your bedroom. It's pitch black. You turn the light switch on. Do you have to take authority over the darkness to make the light stay on and darkness to leave? You go into your bedroom. You turn the light on and go, in the name of Jesus. Command this darkness to leave my bedroom in Jesus' name. If you do do that, don't tell anybody where you go to church. But anyway. (laughs) Nobody does that in their right mind. Why? Because light, you turn light on, darkness, boom, leaves. You can't even see your hand. Have you ever been? The largest cave in the world, Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. I've been there several times. And man, one time we, you go down in there and it's big, this massive room. They got bleachers set up everywhere. You just think, wow, this is underground. It's so cool. And then, you know, this guy gets up there and says, this is what the first settlers and discovery people saw when they were down here. And they turn off all the lights. She says, can you see anything? You can. She says, put your hand in front of your face. It scared me because I thought, do I have a hand? Do I? I don't even know if you can't even tell you got a hand. You can, unless you touch it with your nose, you don't even know you got a hand. It's just spooky, spooky, dark, 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 dark. But you know what? When they turned the light on, the darkness didn't just all go to one quarter and go, well, we're not leaving. I mean, the majority of the place is lit up, but we're not going to leave. No, no, no. No. When the lights came on, all the darkness left. It didn't take somebody who was powerful and spiritual in God to make the darkness leave. When light showed up, darkness left. The light is inside you and me. So if you have an understanding of that, listen to me. When you have a belief system that is founded upon that, when you show up, honey, darkness is going to leave. That was a powerful statement, just in case you didn't know. It's a powerful statement. We think that as long as your belief system is down here, well, I just, I'm just a nobody, I'm just like that. You have the light of the world on the inside of you. The light of the world. That's why the title was Bright Like the Sun. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 says, Even if our gospel message is veiled, it is only veiled to those who are perishing. In other words, there's blindfolds over people, and it's veiled to those who are not believing or accepting this. For their minds have been blinded, blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring, light of the wonderful news of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the divine image of God. The true only separation between God and man 
is the blindfold. God has not separated himself from man, but man believes that he's separated. He believes that he's separated. So in other words, I used to think if I, if I wasn't pleasing to God, then there was a separation between me and God. I thought that the majority of my life growing up. Did you believe that? I believe that God somehow, he turned his back or wasn't close to me. This is what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. Even though you were once distanced from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions. One translation said, you were distant from him in your mind. He reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing. Everybody say nothing. There is nothing between you and the Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Why? Because he is the light, and he sees you in the light. You and I have blindness on our blindfolds on, and so we're trying to become flawless. We're trying to become holy. We're trying to become acceptable to God. And God all along says, "No, I don't. See, you're seeing yourself wrong. You got blindfolds on." So if that's the way you think about yourself today, this is the truth. You got blindfolds on. The reality is, God sees you already restored. And that's why Jesus showed up on planet Earth 2,000 years ago to let the world know that the light has come. And he wants you and I to be able to see the light and embrace the light and walk in the light as he is the light. Humankind's problem is not a separation, but it's a blindfold problem. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. But it will not diminish it either, though. So the cure for your blindness and my blindness is start embracing the truth, what God says about you, the goodness of God, the love of God. When you start embracing the goodness of God and the love of God, a blindfold gets taken off. More and more light starts showing up. And guess what? That's true reality. You and I think reality is when we have the the blindfolds on, this is the way life is. No, it's not. That's just your perception. He came to save us from our blindness, which begins with the wrong view of God. Before Jesus, everybody had the wrong view of God. Before Jesus, everybody had the wrong view of God. I've heard even people say, well, why was God so different in the Old Testament than he is in the New Testament? He wasn't. Well, you read about it, and it just said, no, this was man's perception of who God was. God, I I really turn your apple cart upside down. It wasn't God's intention even for man to get to God through sacrifice. It was to ease the conscience of a man, but it really had nothing to do with having acceptance for God and man. I probably shouldn't have said that because that's about five messages. His purpose of Jesus was to bring us to the light, to take the blindfolds off. His life, so that we would stop stumbling through the darkness, trying to figure out God, what he is, what he isn't. But like Adam, we misjudge God's intention and hid ourselves.
And we saw things in ourselves like Adam and Eve did. And so we saw things that we didn't like, so we covered ourselves up. This is what Adam and Eve did. They saw something in themselves that they didn't like, and they tried to cover it up. That's what religion does. That's what you and I do. We don't think that God uh, is accepting us, and we see things because we're blinded. And so because we don't see correctly, we will try to cover up or do things because of our perception of ourselves been going on for thousands of years and it's still going alive and well today man john chapter 3 verse 19 this is the message translation says this is the crisis we're in god light streamed into the world but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness why did they run from the darkness they went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing god Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion or blindness, hates God's light and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. They didn't want to come to the light because they thought of judgment. Being, but anyone working and living in truth and reality welcomes God's light so the work can be seen for the God work in us. So this is what he's saying. He says, we didn't want to come to the light because if we came to the light, we feared we would be judged. We would be punished. So they ran from the light and hid themselves and covered themselves up. It's still going on today. When we do wrong or something's not right, we'll run from the light. We'll run from God and try to get into the darkness so we won't be seen by God. While all alone, that's deception. That's putting blindfold backs on after blindfold. You just keep putting them on. And as long as you do that, not only will you not see God and his light, you'll never see you in your true light. Hmm. But the good news is this, that Jesus came 2,000 years ago to reveal the light to the world and so that we can take blindfolds off and embrace the truth, embrace the love of God, embrace his goodness so you and I can walk in the light even as he is in the light. One last scripture, John 16, 8, two last scriptures. You know, people say, well, I don't know about this. You know, I know that sin really separates you. It says, when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgments. Sin, because they refuse to believe in who I am. Do you notice it didn't say sin because they're stealing, raping, adultery, everything. He didn't name that. He said, sin is this. Unbelief and who Jesus is. So what has the world done? Focused on the sin part, which was missed all along. God said, this is the sin. You don't believe who I am. Because if you believed who I am, you could accept who I am, and therefore you would know that you become the righteousness of God. You become holy with God. You become as the light. So our journey for 2020 is to start taking blindfolds off. That's what we're going to do in 2020. We're going to take them off layer by layer 
And that you'll be taking them off until the day you die. But thank God, after you take one off, you see a little bit more clearly than you did before. You'll see a little bit more light. And you'll see a little bit more reality. A little bit better perception. Oh, and we can all sing. I can see clearly now. The rain. Okay, maybe we won't sing that, but uh, people are out there going. So Paul's pleasure and joy came from knowing and walking in God's infinite love. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. It has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So light is shining in Pueblo. The light is shining in the United States of America. God does not see America going to hell in a handbasket. God does not see uh, America going down the tubes. God does not see that, you know, oh, this is just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. It's just time, especially for the people who call themselves Christians, to start taking the blindfolds off and say, you know what? I see light in Pueblo. You know what? I see light in, in the state of Colorado. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, this, I see pot. That's what I see. I see drugs. I see crime. I see this. I see all of this. You'll always see the wrong thing, and your perception will always be wrong as long as you have blindfolds on. But once you start taking them off, you'll see the reality is that light is here. It's always been here, and it never will leave here. It will never leave Pueblo, Colorado. I don't care if this becomes the drug capital of the world. God is going to see something different about Pueblo. And it's time you and I see something different about Pueblo. But we never will as long as we're not thinking right about God and thinking that he's this way and that he's that way. And our city is this way and our city is that way. And we are this way and we are that way. Honey, it's time that we take the blindfolds off and see what true reality is. Let's stand. This is the thing. You say, well, pastor, I'm just a realist. You know, I just don't know about all of this stuff. In Titus chapter 2, the Passion Translation, says God's marvelous grace has manifested in person. Who's that? That's Jesus. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. What does that? Grace. That's what he said. This grace causes you and I to be emboldened, to be empowered, to turn away from this. People say, you know, you start preaching grace, man, people are just going to start living then you don't understand grace because true grace preaching will cause you to be empowered to live a self-disciplined life. Instead of you trying to do it on your own, you just said the grace inside of me is sufficient. There's enough grace inside of you to live the right life that you want to live. And it's not because you're a self-disciplined person. It's because of the greater one who lives in you. It's called Jesus. And that light inside of each one of us is bright enough to light your way so you can walk 
and the way that you should go. Let me pray for you. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name. We thank you that the light of the world showed up 2,000 years ago, and that light shines bright. And when we understand about this bright light that is in us, we understand that darkness flees. It runs in utter terror. But we thank you, Lord, that this coming year and the days ahead, the years to come, that blindfolds will be taken all of, off of us as we embrace the truth, as we embrace the light. As we see God in a different perception, we will see ourselves in a different perception. We'll see the goodness of God and who he truly is, that he truly is light and love and kindness, and his mercy endures all the days of our life. And then in like manner, we will look at ourselves as a reflection. We'll see the light and the goodness in us. We'll see who we truly are and not be deceived with blindfolds ever again. We thank you for helping us to do this, Father, by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.